As it said at the start, this is the Locked On Indians podcast. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, As I do at the beginning of every podcast, I want to thank you all for tuning in. This is our third episode in our initial week of runs. And I also want to remind everyone that uh, it really helps us if you subscribe and review wherever it is you listen to podcasts. If you're using the Himalaya app, if you are on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, any place you listen to apps, uh, the subscriptions and reviews are helpful. I saw that um, we already have an iTunes review, and I really want to thank that listener for that. Um, just right now, off the top, because it's you guys who are gonna who make us happen over here. So, if you uh, felt a giant breeze this evening, um, you'll be listening to this in the morning. But if you felt a giant breeze last evening, I should say, when. Uh, you might have wondered where that came from, and that giant breeze was probably the exhale of relief from fellow Indians fans about the news that Jose Ramirez will be fine and ready to play on opening day. While this doesn't completely fix the Indians lineup, it does a lot to make it look better when you take out Max Morhoff and put in Jose Ramirez, and all of a sudden he is in your three spot, and you're pushing Santana and everyone else back. It's still not the prettiest lineup in baseball, but it's a massive improvement that will continue to get better as Lindor gets healthy, um, once Bradley Zimmer gets healthy. And the nice thing with uh, Zimmer was the news came out this week that he's progressing ahead of schedule. So um, for the rest of this podcast, we're just kind of going to look at the 25-man in general. We've been talking about the specific positions. We'll spend some time on the pitchers, and that's going to be the focus. There's not a whole lot of news out of Cleveland. You know, we're just a few days away from the season beginning, but, uh, you know, it's kind of the quiet before the storm, as it were. So right now, let's, you know, we talked infield, we talked outfield, so let's, uh, let's go to the strength of the Cleveland Indians, and that is their starting rotation. Call me a homer if you will, but I don't think there is a team in baseball that can compete with the Indians in terms of the quality of their starting rotation. Why don't we start with Corey Kluber, who's a multi-time Cy Young Award winner. Um, I know there are people out there going, oh, he was bad in the postseason. Oh, it was an ugly spring training. Again, spring training means nothing. Uh, Kluber finished third in the Cy Young a year ago. He has been consistently one of the best pitchers in baseball. He is the greatest Indians pitcher of my lifetime, and I'm just going to enjoy watching him pitch. He, his best pitch is, uh, you know, ESPN talked about this this week. It's is it a cutter, is it a slider? No one could really define it. All everyone knew was that it is nigh on impossible to hit. Kluber has never really won with overwhelming velocity. So while I've seen some reports that velocity is down, that is not as much of a concern for me on the outside looking in. Uh, He has won with his secondary offerings. He has won with impeccable command. Uh, His walk rate is consistently amongst the best, if not the, the best, in the American League. And I have few, if any, concerns about Corey Kluber. Even though he is... All of 34 years old, I am still, until we actually see something other than bad luck in two postseason starts or 
a spring that he's probably not going out there and throwing as hard as he can throw um, before I start to worry about Corey Kluber. Next up is Trevor Bauer. He might have won the American League's uh, Young Award if it was not for a freak injury. Uh, he's not the biggest pitcher. That's a knock on him. But the interesting thing is that it's not the uh, most of his injuries. He's he gets hurt. It seems every year, but there's there they are those freak injuries. It's something minor that knocks him out for a game or two. But he's still been an extremely reliable starter. Last year was the first time in his career that he posted an ERA under 4.15. So I'm just going to let that sink in for a moment. His ERA was nearly half of the year before and was pretty much half of what his average ERA had been for every season before this past one. Here's a player who had a home run rate about 1 and he cut it down to 0.5 for nine uh which was best in the american league the one concern you might see with that is home run rates for most pitchers are kind of notoriously uh up and down to a degree uh the fact that his had such a massive switch typically leads me to believe that uh he might be a little more prone to giving up the long ball this year if he reverts back to his old amount um you know he'll still be a top tier pitcher because the other thing that really went down last year was his hit rate his hit rate dropped below seven which again shows a bit of unsustainability so i guess that's kind of my buyer beware with trevor bauer is you know his strikeout rate was up his walk rate has was down which he has really improved in the past few years that was kind of the bane of his existence when he first started with the indians but i wouldn't be surprised if we saw some minor regression just because some areas that Bauer excelled in last year are areas that we typically see players not sustain at the rates that he had them at. And there's the chance that if he had not gotten hurt, we would have seen some of that a year ago. Bauer has, as I mentioned before, it you know he's had 30 starts a year nearly, but he's never gotten over 190 innings. That's his max. So I'll be curious to see what the Indians do, um, especially because at the end of this year, he will be likely the highest paid player on the Cleveland Indians after he goes through the arbitration process. And if he is not quite as good as he was a year ago, but is still pitching excellent and the offense is scuttling, I would not be surprised if Bauer ends up on the block because of his nearness to free agency and the fact that he last year, like I said, I don't want to call it an aberration, but it was statistically significantly different than what we've seen from him um across the board improvements some dramatic especially that hit and home run per nine show a player who there should likely is going to be some regression before i go any further and get into the last three arms of this uh pitching staff it's time to uh to give a little talk on our sponsor if uh, you've been listening, you know that our sponsor is Blue Chew. Um, it's the little blue pill that's chewable. It's just like the other ones, except for this one you can get by the mail. It's cheaper than the uh, more famous name brands. It has the same active ingredients, and it's the only one that's chewable. 
So if you want to get uh, a little bit of extra help, you need a little bit of extra help, you're curious about a little bit of extra help, uh, check out Blue Chew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Use the promo code, code MLB, and you can get the chewable, cheaper uh, alternative to Viagra and Cialis. Okay, so we kind of talked about the two big names in the Cleveland staff, as opposed, at least not as opposed, in terms of production last year. Maybe the least exciting pitcher in a lot of regards is Carlos Carrasco. Carlos Carrasco signed an extension this offseason when his name came up in contract talks um, because he just loves Cleveland that much. It's an interesting thing to look at, as I remember fans wanted him to be cut around 2013. If you go back and you look at like 2011, 2012, it was 2013, I believe, where was the season where he kept hitting people. Uh, it was against the Royals. He was there was it was an interesting pitcher coming out because he would have flashes of brilliance, but he could get very easily shook. He's figured that out and has just stayed a consistent starter for the Indians. Um, one season of 200 innings which was two years ago, last year, 192 innings. He led the team, led the American League in complete games at a uh, high watermark of two. Strikeout rate approaching 11, walk rate of two. You know, he just, he gets the job done. He's one of the top 10, I, I think he's still solidly amongst the top 10 pitchers in the American League. He is all of 31 years of age. He'll be earth... Sorry, he pitched last year at 31 years of age. He is 32 years of age as of five days ago. And thanks to his extension, he will now be in Cleveland until 2023, that last year being a team option. Before he signed that extension, Carlos Carrasco, who'd been for the last three years one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball, or in the American League, top 20 in baseball, was never going to make more than $9 million a year. He's finally going to hit some double digits, but his contract still peaks out at $14 million in that final team option year. So the most this he's ever guaranteed in a year is $12 million. He wanted to stay in Cleveland, and he signed a contract that pretty much assured it. While Cookie is consistent, he's also well-known and he's been here for a while, so we kind of know exactly what you expect from him. Whereas when you look at Mike Clevenger, he is in his third full season this year in the majors, though his first season he did appear in 17 games and pitch in 53 innings. So after that first year, he no longer had rookie qualifications. His first year to his second year, his strikeout rate did dip, but more importantly, so did his walk rate. And just having the chance to have more starts, he pitched in 200 innings and got over 200 strikeouts. He's 27 years of age. Sorry, he was 27 last year. He turned 28 in December. I really need to look at the uh, the age of this year. But still, he is all of 28 years of age. He will not become a free agent until 2023, which is the last year that Carlos Carrasco signed for. So you can count on Clevenger and Carrasco through 2022 in this rotation. And Shane Bieber, who will get to in a second. But we've seen Clevenger just get better and better. And, you know, he was an afterthought when uh, Vinny Pistano fell apart and the Angels wanted uh, wanted him. And we asked for Clevenger, who had not pitched much in the minors, uh, had some injuries, and uh, 
I still remember when I got to AA a few years ago and was talking to everyone down there. And you looked at that roster, and it was devoid of talent. Uh, there's no nice way to put it. It was a roster full of players who are no longer playing baseball. But everyone you talked to mentioned two names right away with glimmers in their eyes, and that was Mike Clevenger and Andy Diaz. And both of those guys are in the majors now, and both have definitely outperformed where when I went to AA that year, neither of those players were top 30 prospects anywhere. One might argue at this point in time that the most valuable pitcher, if one, if the Indians were going to trade, is Clevenger because of his youth and his time under contract. They absolutely should not trade him, but it's an interesting idea. He is clearly the fourth arm in the mix, but because of... Uh, what makes him even more valuable to the Indians, the low cost and the years of control, he is arguably the most valuable asset because he has looked like he could be just on the crust of uh, joining that top 15 or so pitchers in the American League if he's not there already. The last guy of the bunch, and by no means the least, is Shane Bieber. A year ago this time, Bieber was viewed of almost more of a statistical oddity for the fact that he allowed less than 10 walks over his entire minor league season. A productive pitcher at University of Santa Barbara, he had been a fifth round pick, I believe. Fourth round pick, I'm sorry. So they took Aaron Saval in the third round, who had the higher draft rating in most places, and uh, took Bieber in the fourth. And Bieber has passed Saval and everyone else. Um, by June of last year, I thought it was clear that he was the number one prospect in the system, ahead of Mejia, ahead of McKenzie, and of course he exceeded his rookie limits last year. What continues to make him a special pitcher is the control. His walk rate being below two as a rookie who was all of 23 years old last year. Um, he is still all of 23, won't be 24 until... Uh, the end of May. It's a player who had two years in the minors, basically, not even complete. Uh, basically, when you add it all up, he started across three seasons. He had 49, or I'm sorry, yeah, 49 starts in the majors, or in the majors, in the minors. So this is the guy who just rushed through the minors uh, his first season, he had eight starts. Second season, 28 starts. And then last year, he had a combined 13 starts. So you get down to it, he had the equivalent of about two minor league seasons complete all the way up into the majors and performed very well. Uh, there is a world where he could end up in two years being the Indians' ace. Bieber's control along with the missed bats and the fact that he just keeps getting better makes him one of the most interesting members of this Indians rotation. Well, as shocking as it is, and with as much as I like to talk, it's not that shocking. We're already out of time. This uh, staff is good enough to talk about for 15 minutes and more. It's arguably the best staff in Indians history, top to bottom. There is not a weakness in that staff. I don't think there's a pitching staff in the majors that can really compare at this point. Other teams can beat them at one, two, or three spots, but just the depth, one to five, pretty much has the Indians standing alone and is the main reason why they are still a World Series contender in my eyes. And once they hit the postseason, 
uh, everything kind of changes because they can have four of those guys roll out and then have someone pitching every other day and out of the pen for deep innings. Thank you again for tuning in. It's been awesome to see that we are building and growing. Thank you to everyone. Um, remember, you can get in your car and tell your smartphone, uh, play Locked On Indians. Listen to us on the Himalaya podcast app, on Spotify, iTunes, Google, uh, wherever you get them. Thank you again. I really appreciate all the listeners, all the comments, all the kindness. You guys have made this an awesome experience. And it's going to be even more fun when we got games to talk about. So we are at, uh, you know, pre-Christmas Eve right now for baseball fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Tribe!